is how would you feel about playing Luke Skywalker? And I think that's any person's dream to get to play Luke Skywalker on stage. Travis Sharp, who's another ensemble member here, it's an original script that he wrote. And Dad's Garage put this show on 10 years ago. And this year when they redid it, they gender swapped everything. So Luke Skywalker was played by a female. Han Solo was played by a female. Chewbacca, all these characters, they're played by females. And there was guys in the cast, but it was really cool that we did a Star Wars themed show with a female lead and a female director. It was one of those things that I look back on with a lot of gratitude to Kevin and Dad's Garage, a theater that's so progressive that they put women at the front, people of color at the front. I think three people of color in the cast as well. So it's a really cool time and a cool place to be. That's Hannah, an improviser in the general company at Dad's Garage. We spent time with her and artistic director Kevin to go behind the scenes of one of Atlanta's funniest places. This episode was meant to be since our podcast began because when I was growing up, we frequently attended improv shows at Dad's Garage. In fact, my dad discovered them way back in 1996, one year after they opened their doors. Thank you for that credit, Julia. I appreciate it, but aren't you forgetting the other punny reason we wanted to pursue this episode? Of course, the fact that we are a dad and daughter duo podcast. It was just too much fun not to joke about. Exactly. And there were a lot of jokes while recording this episode. I made fun of Julia a lot, and Kevin and Hannah teased us. Dad, I wonder why. Well, I did forget to silence my cell phone. So, <laughs> so oh, that you can put out. it on silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good. I'm just watching the exchange mm-hmm. where da- no dad's putting it on silent himself. Airplane mode. And oh no, you see silent isn't even good enough. You want airplane modes yeah. so that it doesn't even buzz. Ones. That's good. Yeah. I'm just gonna. This is gonna be running commentary. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's got his phone back and now it's going back in his pocket. Come on, it's the cardinal rule of podcasting: no audio interruptions. Okay, okay. (laughs) Stop interrupting this episode. Let's get to today's show where we get to know an Atlanta icon for plays, improv shows, and comedy classes. Dad's Garage is about so much more than performing. They're about community, compassion, and creativity. Bum, 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 bum. I bless the rains down and out. That's a good one. Remake. So Dad's Garage got their start in 1995, but we've always wondered about the origin of their brand name. How did they get to be called Dad's? There's a lot of rumors abounding about why and how it was named Dad's Garage. So because I theater was founded in 95, and then I didn't start as the artistic director until 2010, so it's hard for me to say. But the most logical story that I've heard, and the one that seems to stick the most is, and I know the facts on this are true, the theater in its first year was really in dire financial straits, and the father of one of the members ended up writing a check to keep the theater open. Talk about dad power, right? You gotta have, (laughs) you don't have support from your dad, you got it. It's a tough, it's yeah. a tough climb. Mm-hmm. Because of that, they decided to name it Dad's Garage after, to, in honor of this dad that had kind of allowed it to survive. In its early days, Dad's Garage was like party HQ. People would be like, you know, go down to Dad's Garage because if you don't like the show, you're gonna love the party. People would stay drinking at the theater till all hours of the night. These guys started the theater straight out of college. So they were, you know, 
as interested in partying as they were in making shows. And I think that was good. I think that there's a place for a theater like that. I think that that's, there's, there's a role in the ecosystem for a place like that because you know you want young people with that kind of mentality to have a place where they can go and feel like, well, I'm with my people here, you know? But then as Dad's Garage has grown and evolved over the years, we've become a leader in different ways. You know, Hannah talked a little bit about like our commitment to like inclusivity and I'd like to think that we're a leader in that way. And we still have that irreverence or that like a little bit rock and roll, but it's been tempered with some more grown up uh, perspectives. And I think that's kind of the evolution of our brand a little bit. We're the place now where you can come to see celebrity guests and you can come see really like higher production value comedy shows, which doesn't really feel like in sync with the idea of a party house. And so while we haven't completely abandoned those aesthetics, they have kind of grown up a little bit. What I also really love about Dads is it's also a place where artistically it's taking chances and coming up with different things. We do scripted shows here, which I'd never seen before in an improv theater, and it's really cool. I mean, most one of our ensemble members uh, and writer, John Carr, he did a play over the summer called Black Nerd, and they sold out that show every single night. And he recently just won a Susie Bass Award for the best original screenplay. So it's cool that not only is this a comedy theater and improv and people can come and sure, we make our, our dick jokes here and there, but we're also putting up very compelling art stories and stories that are showcasing in-house talent. It's a really incredible time to be a part of Dad's Garage because the comedy's there for sure, but we're also showing that we can compete uh, with anyone in Atlanta when it comes to the shows we're putting up and the talent that we have here. It's yeah, it's pretty rad. Both Hannah and Kevin came to Atlanta from different cities, but they have made Atlanta their home. My first performance at Dad's Garage happened in 2000, and I was guesting down here from my home company in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It was my first international performance. I wasn't even old enough to drink uh, in the States. I was old enough to drink back in Canada. I uh, came down here and did a guest performance and didn't imagine that 10 years later I'd be coming back down uh, as their new artistic director. My story, I uh, started doing improv going on six years ago back in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I did it up there. I was at Huge Theater. I was at the Brave New Workshop and then Huge Theater doing improv and I kind of just had this itch to try something new. I packed up my car and I moved down to Atlanta but luckily I had a friend at Huge Theater who lived in Georgia for a while and she recommended Dad's Garage so when I moved down here, luckily they were starting classes three days later so I hopped in and started taking their classes and from there it's just kind of taken off. First show I remember seeing at Dad's that made me fall in love with Dad's Garage is I came to a Saturday night theater sports. Amber Nash and Megan Leahy were in the cast. They're two of our ensemble performers here and they're just wonderful and I came to see the show and they were on the same team and I remember thinking to myself after seeing that show I need to be a part of this company because I had done improv back home and I had seen very strong female um, improvisers but I've never seen two women so funny and smart and grace a stage with poise and confidence. And they were leading, you know, they were at the forefront of this show and the audience was 100, 150 people. And they just had the whole audience in the palm of their hand. I was like, these women are so incredible at what they do. I need to be a part of a company where there are just as many women as there are men. I think we're getting close to what, 50-50? That was the first memory that stuck out to me as watching those two on stage. And from then on, I was 100% in. This emphasis on women-led roles will take center stage again in 2019 with another show. We haven't actually even announced this, so you guys are getting the exclusive right now. Mm. It's, uh, and part of the reason we haven't announced it yet is because it's not titled. 
one of our ensemble members, uh, Megan Leahy, uh, has written a play that's basically uh, set in the world of Mad Men, but it's gender swapped. So it's like women run the ads and like the men are the secretaries and get smacked on the butt and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? And so it's quite funny and it's quite smart. And uh, we're going to be doing that this spring. Uh, I can't tell you what name to look out for because I don't know what it's going to be called. But when you see a play this spring that's set in the world of Mad Men, you'll know that's that's the one I'm talking about. And so, yeah, we we don't I mean, we don't have a cast for it. We don't have anything. We, we like I said, we don't even have a title. Um, but that's kind of how things work here at Dad's Garage. We very much are always scrambling on to the next project and uh, figuring it out as we go a little bit. So. We want to zoom in. Julie, was that a joke? Zoom. We're recording on a Zoom. Anyway, we want to zoom in on Dad's Garage. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> we want to zoom in on Dad's Garage's uncanny ability to improv not only comedy, but also life's ups and downs. Back in uh, 2013, we lost our home space that we had had since 1995, uh, which was 280 Elizabeth Street, which was... A very charming building, but it had its flaws. For example, it had a tin roof that when it would rain, it was so loud, you couldn't hear the actors on stage. So <laughs> you're sitting in the audience and you're just like, well, and we just have to say, hey, man, no refunds. Like, we can't, we can't afford to refund your tickets yeah, you just because it's raining. Yeah. Oh, also, when it would rain, the parking lot at 280 would flood because we were below the floodplain. So you'd come out after a show if you were the dumb enough to stick it out and try to listen to the show when you couldn't hear it and then you come out and you're you know it's up to your car doors in water so th those are that's like just the tip of the iceberg for the for the issues with that old place but it was our home we'd been there for so long I mean like I said the first time I came to a visit and start performing at dad's was 2000 we were performing there and I had come back almost every year since 2000 to perform. So I'd known that building for a long time. And when we found out that we were losing the, sp the space, it was really hard to imagine Dad's garage outside of that building. And uh, it fell to us, the executive staff and uh, the board of directors, to really figure out what to do next. So we ended up crashing. We, we like to say we crashed on Seven Stages couch because they let us bunk there for a couple of seasons, do shows while we searched for our for our forever home and man we really pounded the pavement we we visited so many sites and there were so many basically our real estate agents are like look for the amount of money you guys have to spend we're looking otp here right like it's not gonna happen until finally we found this space this church in the old fourth ward at 569 ezard street we just thought oh this is perfect because in a lot of ways a church already has the kind of shape that you need for a theater, right? It, it's got a main hall where everyone congregates, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And so we were like, okay, you know, how do we lease this? And the, and the guy was like, well, it's, it's not, you're, you can't lease it. You have to buy it. And we, we hadn't been prepared to buy. And so we went out to all the uh, different uh, foundations and asked them for money say do a capital campaign you start with the foundations you build up a certain amount of money and then once you get to a certain part then you go public and you say hey we're already 75 percent of the way there we just need the public to make up the last 25 percent, and that's how it works well all of the foundations said we don't consider what you do to be valid culture it's entertainment it's not art 
you're not going to get a cent from us. And so we were very discouraged, but we also were like, well, we got to take our shot for this church because this is perfect. Uh, it's got a parking lot next door. Mm -hmm. It's got everything, right? And so we flipped it. We did it the way that they do not advise you. Uh, if you go to arts management college, <laughs> they'll tell you, do not start your capital campaign with a public uh, facing portion first, but we decided to do it anyways. We actually broke records with Kickstarter. We had at that time, the largest Kickstarter campaign for live theaters. We got 169000 through our Kickstarter, and then we found some private donors that were willing to match. And so then we got some financing from a bank, and then we were within spitting distance. So then we bought the building, did some light renovations that were within our budget. <laughs> light. <laughs> yeah, very light renovations. And actually, I have to shout out, you know, because some local companies really stepped up. Our threshold for like, we didn't have room for much variance. Local company, MailChimp, stepped up and wrote a check for us so that we could, we could make that happen, so. Over the years, this village of a theater company has also become an extended family that cares for each other. Last spring, we lost a dear friend who was working at the theater and he was a young man. His name was uh, Joshua Conan Santa Maria. He was young, he was just in his early 30s when he passed away. He had been my lighting designer for every show that I had directed at Dad's. And so he and I had been in the trenches a ton. When he passed away so young, we decided that we wanted to do a special night commemorative show for him, for all the community here that, that loved him so much. And so we did a show very much in our style, which is to say it was bawdy and irreverent and outrageous, you know, really making jokes about leading with humor, really. And his family was all there. And I was like thinking, oh man, I, I, hope, they're, I hope they're cool with this. I hope they like this because it's coming from a good place. But, you know, I would understand if they were like, hey, I didn't know what I was coming <laughs> in for, you know. But that night I saw all of our people and all of his family laughing and crying together and then afterwards talking with his mom and she thanked me and she said, you know, we're not doing a service. This was the service. And the reason I want to share that memory is because in that way, I realized dad's garage was capable of being something more to our community than just a place where you go for fun. It can be a place where there really is a meaningful sense of community and there really is something greater than what you would imagine just from jokes. To me, dad's garage really is a special place and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. They also have a deep commitment to education, offering classes and summer camps for teens, but also supporting their teachers. And we went to Hope Hill Elementary School and we just served lunch to all their teachers. It was really fun. We made it a whole experience, all dressed to the nines, candlesticks and, and all the tables and just served them burritos and fancy drinks. It was one of those things that when you're in it and you're a part of it, you're having so much fun that you don't even recognize what you're doing. And then afterwards, people are saying things to you like, thank you for taking out time. You're like, oh yeah, well, of course, this is right down the street from us. You guys are a part of our family and we see you and we, it's like, I mean, I drive by that school all the time and it just reminds me of how tight knit we all are here. Hope Hill, that, that experience was so tremendous because the energy in the room was just a bunch of people on the same page saying like, yeah, it's not about us today. It's about being here. And least we can do is come up and give them lunch. I would do that far more often so that they know how appreciated they are. We have a kids program here. So it's, it's cool to see 
that especially in East Atlanta, kids are being allowed to have the sense of creativity and it's cool that improv can open up doors for them and that dads is so immersed. Uh, say, you know, Dad's Garage, uh, our mission is to transform individuals, communities, and perspectives through laughter. Mm -hmm. So whenever we're trying to get out there into the community to make an impact, we try to do something that's good, that benefits the community, but we also try to do it in a fun way that brings a smile to people. So, In addition, Dad's Garage is making a powerful impact that goes well beyond kids and reaches adults as well. A project that we're kind of pushing out to festivals now that is really exciting for me is a short film called That Was Awesome. We did it in partnership with the Spotlight Program at the MJCCA, the Jewish Community Center. And the Spotlight Program is basically an acting program for adults with special needs. They had approached us and said, oh, well, we want to do a project with you guys. They didn't know at the time, my younger brother is special needs, so I am very passionate about this community, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to do a project like this. So I was like, let's do it! <laughs> and so we end up doing this short film. It's been really cool getting out to film festivals with this. We actually won the Audience Award for Best U.S. Narrative at the D.C. Shorts Film Festival in September. So I hope that it's just the beginning. Speaking of beginnings, one of the ways that many people get introduced to improv is through the classes to start from the bottom and work your way up. It's one through four traditionally, and now we also offer a level five long fork. But also on top of it, we have improv for actors because dads create such community and cultivate such a strong student body because every Tuesday night and Wednesday night we have a student showcase here. Well, students can come and they can jam, they can get on stage and they can practice skills that they're harnessing in class and showcase them here. Our education director Ed Morgan's here and he gives notes so there's this really bonded group of students because they're here on Tuesdays, they're here on Wednesdays really working at it. Dads really tries to cultivate the idea of family, which I think they do an incredible job of. So when you're in the classes, you get a chance to try out the things you're learning and fail, fail in a good way because improv is all about failure and uh, getting back at it again. So I think getting funny is just a matter of coming in here, learning to trust your instincts, trying at it, failing at it, and trying again. When Kevin arrived at Dad's Garage, he trusted his intuition and began expanding beyond the stage. When I started here in 2010 as the artistic director, one of my big platforms that I stepped in on was the idea that I feel like if live theaters aren't going to be a part of the digital revolution, then they're going to be left behind in the dust. And I really wanted to make sure that Dad's Garage was a part of whatever the new generation of theaters is going to look like that embraces digital technology. That's when we started Dad's Garage TV, which is another wing of Dad's. So we've got, you know, our classes and our scripted shows and our improv show and our community outreach and all these different things. And now we have a video wing as well. We've been doing all kinds of different projects over the past years and picking up momentum, momentum and getting more and more accolades. We've done everything, short films, web series. We've been hired to make commercials. My next project that I'm really starting to dig into now is like, you know, I want our next project to be a feature film. I feel like it's really allowed us to connect with people. They even have a podcast. As for the future, both Kevin and Hannah have big dreams for comedy, Atlanta, and Dad's Garage. I would love to see Atlanta compete with kind of the bigger cities, you know, the New York, Chicago, LA, that are such staples uh, for comedy and for content and TV and film, whereas here we don't really have that yet. There's a lot of production happening. They're just not using a lot of talent out of Atlanta. And so I would love to see Atlanta get put on that map. I know that's a, it 
funnels out just as much talent. I've seen a lot of improv across the country, and I'm like, Dad's competes at the same level, if not higher than all these other companies. They just haven't been exposed yet. Top three, top four cities to be seeing original comedy, and I think it's on its way. I want to see us in the top one category. Oh, <laughs> there he no, is. I'm just, no, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about what ranking we're in, but... Kevin and I, I have a joke where he's I'm always like, Kevin, I know we're going to make it. And he's like, Hannah, I hope. But this is the first time he's checked me and said, we're going to be number one. No, I, said, I, 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 I just thought <laughs> the idea of I want to be included in the top one for dreams for the future of comedy in Atlanta. You know, the most important thing is not the kind of like people that get really famous or get really rich or get like really, really big. I think the most important thing is creating that middle class, right? I want to see a, a scene where people can earn their livings even if they're not famous, mm -hmm. even if they're not on a huge TV show, you know? <clears throat> I think that that is uh, healthy for kind of the cultural scene of a, of a, of a city. And um, we're not really there, you know? You're kind of, either right now you're kind of really grinding and really having to really work hard to get by or you're doing great and i want to see if through the success of dad's garage and other uh, comedy theaters in the city i wonder if we can maybe make it a place where you know you can kind of make a healthy kind of middle of the road kind of lifestyle for yourself as they pursue their passion, they stay focused on what inspires the Dad's Garage community. Traditionally in a theater, the artistic director kind of calls the shots. He says, this is what we're doing, these are the projects we're doing, that's it. That's a very old school kind of top-down model. But at Dad's Garage, that's not how we roll. So for example, on scripted shows, every year we do a thing called our season planning process where everybody in the whole theater gets together. All the artists pitch shows, doesn't matter if you're a rookie or your general company, if you're ensemble, or if you're even the artistic director, you get the same amount of time, you get the same treatment, you get you know, 10 minutes, get up, pitch your, pitch your idea. And then everybody votes. But when I say everybody, I don't just mean all the artists, the volunteers, the bartenders, the rest of the staff, the board of directors. And then at the end of the day, I tally up all the scores and I see who are the outliers, like who are the ones that are the most popular amongst everybody. And those are the shows that we green light. And so in that way, we have a very different approach to what projects we move forward with. And I think it's very reflective of the spirit of Dad's Garage. As a company, we get our ideas from the group. From talking with Hannah and Kevin, we're inspired by their community, compassion, and creativity. Check out their website for upcoming shows, classes, and events. They even rent out their space to other organizations like The Moth for its monthly live storytelling event and the annual Center for Civic Innovation Comedy Night. We care and we want to change perspectives and change the community. You don't even realize how far reaching that can be, but it really can touch lives. As a nonprofit, they make a lot happen with the approximately $1.3 million budget nine full-time staff, and 70 guest artists throughout the year. There's a lot of ways to give back. That's why for the month of December, we're allocating proceeds from our podcast page to them. When you give, you can help contribute to the Pay It Forward program to give the gift of comedy, ensuring access and affordability of the arts for everyone. And there's a lot of other ways that your gift matters. Depending on the level of your gift, you could be inducted into an honorary club with fun names like the Eccentric Siblings or Sugar Daddy. That's available on the Dad's Garage homepage. 
we want to give a special shout out to our youngest listener. Thank you, Sophie, for requesting our podcast when you ride in the car with your dad. And thanks, Bryce and Kate, for tuning in to Peach and Prosperity 2. Daddy, I want to listen to Julia's podcast. Thanks for listening to Peach and Prosperity. If you like what you've heard, give us a review. Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, bum.